Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Ministries and Director of Music Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. So today in this episode, we want to continue our conversation about the resources we have available on the website. We're concluding this liturgical year through the month of November, and then we'll be looking forward to Advent in the next episode as we gather together. But we wanted to stop and talk about this series. It's a short series, three-week series, but we felt like it needed its own attention because of some significant changes. The first one, and probably most noticeable to those who may be looking at our resources, is that it is not a lectionary-based series. I'll pause for your gasp of surprise. (laughs) What? (laughs) We felt, as we were planning for this entire year, as we got to this last series, the last three weeks of the liturgical year, we somehow felt led to do something a little different, to step outside of the, the lectionary stream and focus on a theme-based worship series. I don't know, you who are listening to this, you who use our resources, how you feel about that. Some, I know there are some colleagues of mine who would be appalled that we would step away from the lectionary at all, that this is sort of our commitment, our covenant that we make to each other that we're focusing on this. But we really felt led to do something else partly because of the time of year it is. It's November, and Thanksgiving comes in November, and sometimes Thanksgiving kind of loses its emphasis because Christmas is on the horizon and everybody's looking forward to all of that. And so we felt led to create a series based for these three weeks around the whole issue of gratitude, Mm -hmm. the spiritual discipline of gratitude. So we wanted to step aside for a moment and, and, and do that. I don't know whether, Diana, in your experience in church, whether departing from the lectionary was a usual thing in your setting or, or whether it was a shock to the system to have to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, in my experience in the local church, we've done a, a variety of, the, of both following the lectionary through Christ the King Sunday and then, of course, launching into Advent But then we've also done other things that reflect the time of year of November. Certainly the first Sunday of November being All Saints, that's, you know, kind of its own uh, own thing. But then what do you do with the other three? And we know that Mm -hmm. there's Thanksgiving in the mix. So, you know, a lot of times we're going to have visitors on Thanksgiving because people come to be with their families. And we also have those who leave on that Sunday. It was Mm -hmm. always fun. 
trying to figure out who's going to be in the choir on that day, the Sunday, <laughs> Sunday after Thanksgiving. So, yeah, we've done some different things. And then we all know what happens also in October, November with the stewardship campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been, in my experience, a variety. And every year we sort of scratch our head and think, what should we do this year? So I, I kind of think this will be fun for folks who do follow the lectionary to do something different. What about you, Lisa? I I experienced the same thing. And I will admit that I feel like there's a tendency, I have felt a pull in my time in the local church to kind of have this tendency to like give everything to all saints. And then you're just kind of like gearing up for what Advent's mm-hmm. going to be. So it's like, I'm going to like drop the, not drop the effort as in not putting the best forward, but like we're not doing anything special the rest of November <laughs> because... Man, Advent's coming, and we've got plenty of stuff to get ready for, for Laudate Sunday or Christmas Eve. And, you, you know, you've got to start thinking ahead for then. So in some ways, November kind of doesn't get a lot that's special in and of itself because mm-hmm. we're already thinking ahead and we're planning ahead for Advent. So I really love this idea that we've both taken a practice of gratitude that in some ways helps us as the church mirror a bit of what's happening in the secular calendar because it Mm -hmm. is the month of Thanksgiving, but also saying this is a spiritual practice. This is something that's very important for us. And I think maybe we could even think about it as a preparation for Advent. What does Mm -hmm. it look like to realign ourselves around gratitude as we prepare for the waiting and the expectation that comes with the season that this year begins in December. So I think we also have a timing thing this year that we don't always have, which is that there are three Sundays Mm -hmm. after All Saints Mm -hmm. in which to actually do something before the first Sunday of Advent, because we have some years where that Sunday after Thanksgiving, we're launching straight into Advent. So I think it is a really excellent opportunity. And I really want to encourage everyone who's going, but I really love the lectionary. I agree. And I do too. But I think that this series gives us an opportunity to maybe explore texts that never touch each other in the Mm -hmm. lectionary Mm -hmm. and to encounter them and to encounter these themes in a new way that we wouldn't if we were only following the lectionary. Let me hasten to point out that in the series, there are links to the previous Mm -hmm. lectionary-based series for this period of time in in the liturgical calendar. So you can go back, you could take a look at what we've done before. And we felt like those were good enough and and able to be revived enough that that we could then depart. So in in a way, we're giving permission (laughs) to depart from the lectionary whether you want to take that permission or not is is up to you in your local setting and what works best for you. The other word that, that Diana mentioned is that whole stewardship idea, the campaign that many churches have in the fall. In my experience, it was usually done before November because you wanted to keep it away from Christmas, so you may have already finished that. It was not really our intention in creating this series to create a stewardship campaign model. Now, you could take the themes and the ideas and the work that we've done and fold it into one, should you choose to do that. But we we wanted to focus on the, the practice, as Lisa says, or the spiritual discipline of gratitude. And 
the attitude that, that we claim as followers of Jesus Christ and just focus on that. And in some ways, if you did say in October a stewardship campaign, to now come back and say, well, let's just talk about gratitude. It might enhance mm-hmm. what you've done before, might refer back to all of that, but without the weight of, okay, now fill out your pledge card and hand it in, or, <laughs> yeah. or estimate of giving, or whatever you call them. So it allows us to keep the idea of our stewardship, our, our giving, based out of our spiritual discipline of, of gratitude. So so we wanted a broader experience of that attitude that, that we're presenting to you. And so we titled this series, Hymn of Grateful Praise. It's a, it's a phrase from one of our favorite hymns. I'd ask Diana to sing it, but she probably would. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're just going to move on. We picked three different passages, and as Lisa said, they don't necessarily correlate with anything else in the other sections of the lectionary as it's put together, but they speak to us of different aspects of this. So we begin on November 12th with Enter His Gates, and we chose as the text for that Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is a great familiar psalm, not one we preach from all that much, but but we thought it was a good foundation to begin this series on gratitude. And one of the things we explore in the preaching notes and somewhat in the planning notes as well is this whole idea that gratitude is twinned with, wrapped around the concept of joy. And that joy is inherent in the idea of gratitude or that joy or that gratitude leads to joy. There are lots of different ways to explore that connection between the two things. If you think about the fruit of the Spirit, joy is is the second one. Or the first one, if you take the tack that I do, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, but it is love that is joyful. And joy is the Mm. first aspect of that love in in the list. So how do we get to joy? How do we emphasize joy? And so our argument for this week is that you find your way into joy by adopting an attitude of gratitude, as they say. The the ability (laughs) to be thankful is what leads us to this experience and this expression of joy, and Psalm 100 seems to speak of that to us, about entering into God's gates with with gratitude and with thanksgiving and with joy, and it's all wrapped up in there together. The The psalm itself is called a psalm of thanksgiving. That's the superscription mm-hmm. in, in many of our texts, and so that just puts us in that place of, of gratitude. So how how then, Lisa, do we do we live that out in our liturgy, that, that attitude, that, that experience. Yeah. You know, I, I loved that one of the first questions, Derek, that you put into the planning notes for this week was, what does gratitude feel like? Hmm. And I, for me, I keep actually, even after creating these resources, I keep coming back to that question in a number of ways. And how are we helping our people feel that thing in worship. We can sometimes overcorrect and like emphasize feeling too much. And we're trying to balance that with teaching and doctrine, but we are also Wesleyans. We come out of a movement in which we believe God does speak to us in our experience, which includes our feelings. And so the first thing that I would want to think about is what in your spirit, 
space sparks joy. You know, we're not we're not trying to say this item sparks joy, so we're going to keep it and this one sparks joy, so we're going to get rid of it. Not that kind of sparking joy. But what is it that's drawing you into the story of who you are and who the people are? So I can imagine taking this entire series and creating an altarscape or other moments within the space in which people, or maybe it's the children, maybe it's the whole congregation, start bringing things that inspire joy, that remind them of the good things that God has done. And I think for this particular week, one of the things that rises up for me as well is where are God's gates? We've titled this Enter His Gates. Well, where are God's gates? What, where are we entering? And so one of the liturgical resources you'll find is a benediction in which we turn towards doors and, and prepare ourselves to repeat gratitude and to expect gratitude as we go out the doors, that the gates are not just the doors into the church, but the gates are also the doors that lead us out into the world. And every threshold that we cross is an opportunity to practice gratitude and joy and to expect that God is doing something there and therefore joy is there as well. So do we still sing Psalm 100, Diana? Is that... Is that still a song that we that we lift up from time to time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you look in hymnary.org and type in Psalm 100, you'll come out with all people who that on earth do dwell or who on earth do dwell depends mm-hmm. on the translation. And we have it in our hymnal, number 75. But if you look in hymnary.org, it, there's two pages of hymnals that have that, that contain that hymn because it's mm. it is historical. It's a one of the best metrical versions of this hymn. So yeah, we sing that a lot. And in fact, you know, we sing it to Old Hundredth, which we mm-hmm. sing Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow is a doxology to Old Hundredth in many, many of our churches. So there is a parallel there. So yeah, that would be a, a wonderful hymn for the opening of worship that day. There's many other hymns that I also put on the list and under music resources. One that comes to mind immediately when we talk about giving thanks is Give Thanks, which is a more contemporary song that's found in the faith we sing. Mm-hmm. That would also be a really good theme, thematic song that can be sung every Sunday. It could be mm-hmm. sung after the sermon, just different places. And then I think, too, when we give thanks, we come from a cross-cultural experience because as as Lisa had said earlier, this is a secular holiday when we think about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so it gives us the opportunity to to expand our view of all the cultures that celebrate Thanksgiving in the United States and give us that idea that we can go beyond our own culture to give thanks. I, I hope that makes sense. I'm, I'm kind of going in a big circle there. But that's all to say, you know, Hale, Hale, Hale from the mm-hmm. Caribbean is a great one, again, for giving thanks. Uai Mose, Come All You People is another great song that can be used for an introit as people come in to worship. And so, yeah, Let All Things Now Living is a great exit song. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I gave you lots of choices for this Sunday. But be thinking about the arc of the three weeks, 
mm-hmm. so that there there is not just one one off each Sunday, but be thinking about how did we tie all of those with hymn of grateful praise. Mm-hmm. And of course, where does that come from? That comes from For the Beauty of the Earth, which is based on, you know, another psalm, Psalm 8, the psalms that talk about creation. So, yeah, lots of choices here. You were saying love and joy. I think joyful, joyful, we adore thee, number 89. Mm -hmm. Or the Mm -hmm. gift of love is another one Mm -hmm. as we talk about the gifts and give thanks for that. So, just some things to think about. Well, I I think that's good advice with all of our series is to is to start with the overall look, you know, the whole mm-hmm. arc and say what's going to bind it all together as well as the individual things. We kind of, in this podcast, we're taking apart this series to look at each individual week. But I like that idea that says, okay, what's going to connect them? And there is a sense of flow in the series that we've designed here. We start with enter his gates. We're talking about giving thanks to God. And and in some ways, that's the duh part of our faith. Of course, we give thanks to God. That's the easy part. But then the second week, November 19th, the the title of that week is In Everything. And it comes, of course, from Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 4, give thanks in everything. We get called up short on that one. It's, it's good to give thanks when everything's great or when we're gathering for worship. But in everything, that seems to be asking an awful lot from us. And yet, that's the attitude we have. So, I I love Lisa's uh, description of the benediction that says, okay, we've been thanking God, we've been living in gratitude in worship, but now we're going to go out and we're going to continue to share in the spirit of gratitude as we encounter the world. And so, week two, which is also Thanksgiving week, It is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, so we're looking forward to that celebration, which becomes a family thing, and we kind of withdraw, and we close our doors, and it's just us, and we can be thankful to get. But we often gather together with extended family that we sometimes don't get along with all that well, so we're practicing (laughs) this in everything we give thanks. So, So part of the question that we're asking as we gather together here is, is what does it look like? You know, Lisa mentioned that we start with the question of what does it feel like? But mm-hmm. week two, I asked the question, what does it look like? Should it should we look different because of our faith? And certainly because of how we live a life of gratitude. What should be seen in that? How do we show that? Is it that outward expression of gratitude? Of course, we understand that stuff takes place inside our hearts and in our minds, and only God can see in the depths of all of that kind of stuff. But what do we show? And so, I think on November 19th, we can we can focus on not just our thinking about our gratitude, but our expressing of it. What, what leaks out of us as we, as we think about this discipline of gratitude and that. So, so again, so what do we do in worship to practice expressing our gratitude in in tangible ways, visible ways, so that the world around us can see that, Lisa? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. I mean, I I will tell you that the first thing that occurs to me is I served in a church several years ago that around Thanksgiving would bring food to provide meals for families at a local elementary school. So they'd be able to come and get a turkey and Mm. all of the fixings and um, the church helped provide things. But what I loved is our outreach minister wasn't just like, this is a thing we do outside of worship. 
it was, we, we are going to make this a part of the worship service. So seriously, one year, he, every year he had us process at least some of the food in to be blessed in worship. And mm-hmm. one year he had us process it in while I, and this is not my style of music usually, while I <laughs> played and he sang Pharrell's Happy. <laughs> and it was it was a party. I mean, it was a celebration and it wasn't it wasn't wasn't cast as a celebration of look at us, here's what we're doing. It was a celebration of sharing in God's abundance. Mm. And I that is the I think that is a tension that can really come out in in this season, right? Like it is good that churches are looking to the community and asking, how do we help our neighbors who are in need? But gratitude is in in this practice is not about thank you, God, that I have enough and therefore can give to others who don't. It's thank you, God, for this abundance that you have brought to us that we can share in everything and in every season. So those are some of the practices that I could imagine like incorporating depending on what your church does and and partnerships you have in your neighborhood or within your community. Even if you're having a Thanksgiving lunch as a church, what does it look like to to bless some of what will be provided in that and not just separate that meal from what's happening in the worship space? I also want to highlight, though, that in the liturgical resources for this week, you'll find a prayer that is from Maasai Tanzania. It's from the African Prayer Book, which is edited by Desmond Tutu. And the prayer is titled, You Have Our Faith with Our Bodies. And it begins with this thinking of God for all the things God has done, but it's not all good. It is, like we wouldn't say it's all positive, maybe, is the way to, to put that. It is, thank you, God, for revealing to us things about death and illness and sorrow. Thank you for speaking plainly to us. Thank you for tending us because we need you. And we have faith in you, in our bodies. And it ends with, help us to do with our bodies what we proclaim. And for me, I think this is that prayer spoke so viscerally to this notion of in everything we are giving thanks and what that calls us to and encouraging our people that that giving thanks in everything isn't about like toxic positivity that never acknowledges what's hard. It's reorienting and realigning that in all the things we can give thanks because God is God mm-hmm. no matter what. I, I like that that, that uh, appeal to a wide range of experiences, you know, and I think that's what Paul's text here in Philippians is trying to do, trying to talk to us about how how do we find the ability to give thanks even when things are difficult, even when we're mm-hmm. struggling, even when we don't have all the answers, even when we're grieving, all of these kinds of things. They don't stop during the holiday season so that we can mm-hmm. all be happy all the time. You know, just like I was saying before, when the family gathers, there's a lot of joy and celebration in that. But sometimes there's pain, and there's a reminder of of difficult histories. And so, so, but let's find a way to be thankful even in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. 
So what are we saying, Diana, to keep us on, <laughs> on track of being grateful? Well, I, you know, I, I just believe we should sing throughout the whole service because that shows, you know, our supreme Instead gratefulness. Instead of preaching, you're saying. Is Instead of preaching, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or as, as my, my teacher, Roger Deshner, would say, anything that could be said in a service can be sung. So <laughs> that was a good challenge he would give us. Well, one of the hymns that immediately comes up is a Charles Wesley hymn, and it's Rejoice, the Lord is King, set to Darwall's 148. And this is a, a wonderful song that incorporates this Philippians passage, but is also forward-looking to mm -hmm. Christ the King Sunday. So that's another one that can tie and can bridge to the next Sunday, Rejoice, the Lord is King. There's a more contemporary song that Mark Miller wrote called There's a Spirit of Love in This Place, which again, I think if we have love in, in our community, that's the most wonderful way to give thanks to God, because that's what God ultimately wants for us, to be in, in a joyful commu community together. Again, for this Sunday, Give Thanks is a great song that can continue the arc. So one more would be Lord of All Hopefulness that is also found in the faith we sing. I give you several others in this listing, but depending on how you are crafting your worship service, you can look to these and see how they, you might want to use them. And and don't be afraid of repetition. I think that's an important thing. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I love, Diana, how you often say, pick a hymn and sing it every week during the series, mm -hmm. or have mm -hmm. it sung different ways. Have the choir sing right. it, or have it instrumental, and then the congregation sing it. But but repeat it. You know, mm -hmm. All of us in education know that that's how you learn, by repeating things again mm -hmm. and again. So singing the same song each week in the series would be a great way of grounding some of these ideas in that. Mm -hmm. We are finishing up the series with Reign of Christ Sunday or Christ the King Sunday, depending on how you, you term that. And in a sense, we tried to let this sum up the whole thing about what Christ does. It is the focus on Christ as our King, as the one we follow. We are we are in the United Methodist Church called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So, so Christ is the, the focus which gives us our, our understanding of how we are to live in the world. And so we chose what may seem a, an odd kind of passage. We chose the feeding of the 5,000 from Gospel According to John in the sixth chapter. And I chose it primarily for the last verse. It is in the last verse where John is talking about what happened in all of that. And he describes the place where this event took place, not in terms of the miracle, but in terms of the prayer of gratitude. All this happened in the place where we ate after Jesus had said a prayer of giving thanks. So it was after giving thanks, everything changed. Everything became new. Everything became miraculous in a way. And everything transcended our human experience into something new and powerful. This is what aligning ourselves to Christ does. It, it makes everything new, and we have a new filter through which we see and experience the world. And John says, at least in this passage, that that filter is a filter of gratitude, that because of the prayer of giving thanks that Jesus gave, we now see the world differently. We experience the miracle of abundance. We experience the miracle of satisfaction and being fed and all of those kinds of things because 
of that prayer. It all began, John says, with that prayer. So we are, we are looking to Christ as the model for how we are to live our lives, and which, which according to John 6.23, is after giving thanks. We do everything, everything after giving thanks. We change the world after giving thanks. So gratitude leads the way and opens us up to, to new possibilities. So how might we experience that together as, as we worship, Lisa? Mm. This one is tricky because there's so many opportunities. And at the same time, this is a text that we utilize to explore our our sacramental theology, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is we we call on this text to think about how do we understand holy communion. You know, mm-hmm. one of the words that the church has historically used to name that holy meal is Eucharist, to give thanks. Mm-hmm. And yet Gosh, like, I think we have a real question. How many times a year do we celebrate Holy Communion and it feels like an opportunity of, for Thanksgiving? How, mm-hmm. how many times are we doing it out of gratitude? Not, not individually, but even just the way we do it. So I think there are times where it takes on so many different valences and attitudes and understandings depending on what's happening in the world But what an opportunity this Sunday to come to the table. If not for Holy Communion, what would it look like to do a love feast, to extend worship beyond the worship hour into an opportunity for a love feast, or to prepare for worship by gathering as, you know, small groups. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving, so, you know, How many Sunday school classes will be meeting in your church may be a question anyway. (laughs) So what would it look like to invite people before or after into a love feast in which you share bread and a small meal and a cup together, but you're telling stories and you're witnessing to gratitude together? I also think viscerally, I served in a church one time where the the kitchen was just down the hall from the sanctuary and we would freeze the bread. And on communion Sunday, there were times that someone forgot to pull it out of the, of the freezer and thaw it. And so they would turn on the oven and they would stick the bread into the oven. And mm-hmm. suddenly the whole space smelled mm-hmm. of bread mm-hmm. and gosh, like what a smell to welcome people into worship. Mm-hmm this day, Mm -hmm. to have them think about this is a space where we are sharing at table. But then, and this is where I want to think about kind of sense memory, if we imbue this worship experience with that smell coupled with this understanding of the reign of Christ as one of gratitude and the work of God's love in the world being propelled by gratitude, then does, does does that remind us the next time we're baking bread or we're sharing bread around a table outside of the church space, does it remind us of those lessons? So those are some of the things. I I really think this Sunday is an opportunity to really tap into all of the senses and Mm -hmm. maybe do something a little bit more flexible or different with your liturgy than you might usually on the last Sunday in November because both timing-wise and with this series, 
it really opens up some of those possibilities that your people might be really excited to do. Mm-hmm. And also be flexible with your worship services. Maybe you mm-hmm. just gather for the one and you start off with a time of coffee and sharing bread, you know, mm-hmm. breaking the bread that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it, I think these Sundays that are challenging to us are also really opportunities for us to do something very different. Yeah. Well, and I could imagine, Diana, I mean, what if worship was in the fellowship hall, but because you've been singing the same hymn every week, everybody knows it or knows Mm -hmm. it enough that they could sing it acapella, even if there's Mm -hmm. not a piano in there, like that, that's that suddenly you're singing in the round, maybe Mm. instead of singing all facing the front. I don't know. It's just, So or your placemat, yeah, your placemat has the song on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so that the text on it so that you can do it that way. Yep. Wow, those are such great thoughts. Yeah, so in terms of music, again, there's so many ways you can go with this, and it just is exciting. And as Lisa was saying, this text really brings about that idea of, of food and how God provides for us. And so we give thanks for that. And an ancient hymn that is referenced here is, O Food to Pilgrims Given. This is this text is attributed to Thomas Aquinas. So it goes way back and it's been <laughs> translated and all that. But the first verse, O food to pilgrims given, O bread of life from heaven, O manna from on high, we hunger, Lord supply us, nor thy delights deny us, whose hearts to thee draw nigh. So it's it's a three verse hymn here. It's just something new to to think about. If you are going to gather in a fellowship hall, maybe you've got a singer or a, a small ensemble who could sing this on behalf of everyone. So that's one way to think about it. But I also think about come, let us eat. For now the feast is spread. That mm-hmm. again from another culture. Eat this bread, drink this wine. That's mm-hmm. a Tizé song. Oh, Lord, I lift your name on high, a con- more contemporary song. So there, there's a good list here to draw from that you'll find in the music resources. And again, I just invite you to be creative and take the challenge. Take on this challenge and see what you can do to make it fun. I'll, and always incorporate younger choirs, younger voices, because they do bring a delight that we often miss in worship mm-hmm. if they're not around. And when we give them the opportunity to lead, it builds on that. Last thing I want to say is we were talking. You were talking, Lisa, about the bread and the smell. This always brings me back to a, a story that I was told. We had a pastoral intern at our church. And part of his learning was to go to hospitals and and to hospice to offer comfort to those who were passing. And he was with a woman who mostly had her eyes closed and what didn't seem to be there a whole lot. But he was sitting beside her and praying with her. And at one point, she smiled. And, And so he asked her, so why are you smiling? She goes, I smell bread. And that was like, oh, wow, the veil just lifted. And she's already in that, in that transition to another place. So, yeah, when I think about the smell of bread, I think about that, that banquet feast that is prepared for us. And it's going to smell like bread, and it's going to be so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Brain, brain scientists tell us that odors are most connected to memory, that the mm. sense of smell 
mm. activates memories. And so as you're saying, Lisa, you know, when you smell that at home, are you going to remember? Well, yeah, there's connections made all over the place. We started this conversation, this podcast, by saying we're, we're breaking the mold. We're stepping out a little <laughs> bit. And, and all along, we've been encouraging you in the local church to, to break out a little bit, to use this time not as a in-between time, as a pause before Advent starts, but to use this time for something creative and something new and different. You could even, I know this is risky, but you can move communion. It's not the first Sunday of the month, but why not do it on the last Sunday? I think it's appropriate mm-hmm. to have communion on Christ the King Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that would that would work well to do, or to do, as Lisa said, the love feast, to do something around this. The other thing that, that I point out in, in the preaching notes is that when Jesus told them to sit, the word that he used actually evokes the image of sitting at table. Mm. And what he was really saying is, there's space at, our, at mm. my table for you. Mm-hmm. And he's inviting us all to do that. So that's, that's the invitation. We just had Thanksgiving at home and wondered if there was going to be enough room and enough space. But, but now we're declaring that because we are followers of Jesus Christ, that, that there is space. Mm-hmm. That there is an abundance. There is joy in all of that. Mm-hmm. We are looking forward to Advent, and we'll have another podcast coming up where we'll, we'll go into that series as well. But we wanted to spend some time on, on this time, this series, and invite you to, to take a risk with us. And that we appreciate you joining us today, being a part of this conversation and thinking, at least thinking a little bit about how gratitude could shape our worship for these three Sundays in November. We hope it's been helpful to you. And remember that you can always find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. And we want you to tell us what you think, so you can send us an email and make some suggestions or ask some questions, and we'll be happy to respond to you. But until next time, we'll be praying for and with you and your congregation as you engage in an attitude of gratitude in your worship. So may God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.